Hello Life Changers, thank you so much for joining us. We have got an amazing word for you, so why don't you lean in, grab a notebook and pen, and get ready for what God has to say to you today. It is so good to be together. My name is Mark, I'm one of the pastors at this church. If you are part of the life of this church, we want to say we love you and we value the privilege of doing life together. If you're a family member or friend who's been bribed with lunch to come to church, it is so good to have you here. You literally are our guests of honor today, and we love the fact that we can be together. It's been a long time since I've seen a worship leader do it, the worm at church. But I mean, you've got to bring some of those things back. It's a good dance move. I think Misha's getting a massage in the back, but other than that, it's fine. Are you there? Okay, all good. I want to speak today for 20 minutes about the Christmas promise. Is that all right? Yes. Wonderful. We've all made promises, let's be honest. This year, you've made, oh, you've made promises to yourself. I know, I've made promises to myself. Some of them we've kept, and some of them we've already broken, and we only made them last night. And, and uh, we made promises to us. I've made promises that I would have a six-pack this year. Lie. I've made promises like I'm not going to eat too many pins, mince pies. I'm not going to just go to the gym. Like that's one promise. I'm going to go to gym. But there's another promise to that. I'm actually going to work out at the gym. Because sometimes there's enough exercise to walk in and walk out, greet the people, Merry Christmas and walk out. So that's a promise. I know I've lied about that promise. Sometimes we make promises to others that we drop the ball on. A hypothetical scenario. Honey, I'll do the chores and the DIY this December holiday. Hypothetical scenario, not real in our house, but maybe in yours. Or like, um, boys, I promise you, I'll have the PlayStation fixed. Sorry, guys, that was last Christmas, and they're watching online, so we'll get it fixed. Um, but, but there's ones that other people have made to us, like the, the diehard soccer fans, France will win, I promise you, the World Cup. Didn't happen. Or the other, maybe more serious ones, like the boss who promised a promotion that hasn't landed, even though you hit the target. Maybe other ones, the promise of true love that, that never landed this year. Or what about the ones we make to God? Or whoever you believe runs the universe and rules the world. The promise is like, I'll fix my messes, I promise. That thing I was struggling with last year, and that thing I know I shouldn't do, but I keep doing again. I promise you I'll sort it out. It's another broken promise that I've made thousands of to God over my years of walking with my king. But today, the Christmas story that we come to, that we see in the book of Luke, is one of many promises. First, there's a promise of Zechariah in Luke chapter 1, a promise to Zechariah, and the angel appears and says, you're going to have a boy. He's going to be a joy. It's this promise of a son coming to life. Then there's another supernatural, miraculous birth promise, and it's the miracle baby coming in Luke chapter 1. The angel speaking to Mary says, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdoms will never end. The promise of a supernatural Savior being born. Most of us are just happy with the report of ten fingers, ten toes. Like, we'll take that. She gets this promise. Remember, not fulfilled yet. Just receives the promise. Then there's the promises that comes of marriage as we see Joseph promises marriage and is engaged to Mary and he fulfills that promise. He goes on the mission and then there's the promise to the shepherds that if you follow the light, you'll encounter the Savior and they get there and there's a baby. Let's talk about the obvious challenge of Christmas as we speak about the Christmas promise because again, 
We've all made promises. What if I could promise you this Christmas, the greatest gift ever? I remember when kids, you ask a kid, what do you want for Christmas? I want a spaceship. And they think they can get it. And as a parent, you're sitting there going, wow, that's awkward. You get a little older and, and the kids say, well, we don't have another spaceship from Toyland, like one of those. And then we get older and we get a little smaller, like I'll take a piece of sushi for Christmas, like it's, it's what I'll take. But what if the promises were you could receive the gift and receive a gift of unlimited wisdom? Who wouldn't want some unlimited wisdom in life after 2020, 2021, 2022? I'll take some of that. Because I've heard lots of wisdom and a lot of it didn't hold. What about unlimited power so any situation can be changed? I, I, if someone could promise me that and they could fulfill that promise, I'm like, I'm in. Or unconditional love and care and forgiveness. Or maybe the greatest one, peace. Just freedom from anxiety, freedom from fear. Every time one of these promises comes to Zechariah, to Mary, to the shepherds, the angels have to speak, do not be afraid. Why? Because every one of them was fighting anxiety. Every one of them was fighting fear. Maybe that's you today as well. So we come to a promise that's no longer a promise anymore. It's a gift. Jesus. A gift we get to choose to leave under some tree or some corner of our house or like some old Bibles in a bookshelf in the corner of our house, unwrapped, but know that it's there. Or a gift that we come and receive today. See, the birth of Jesus was prophesied 700 years before in the book of Isaiah. And, and in those 700 years, the last 400 years were called the silent years. God goes quiet. No more prophets, no more prophecies, no more words from God. God's just quiet. Who's good with those kind of promises? Like, this is gonna happen, whoop, crickets, nothing. It's like when you phone call centers and you've been phoning for days. This is just a hypothetical scenario as well. Just phoning for days and every time you phone, they say, we'll escalate it. And then they say, can we put you on hold? Sure. This is what escalating it means. It's all it means. Sorry, that's just my personal frustration. But, but we encounter a promise of a coming Savior 700 years before Jesus comes. But it comes to a people who in Isaiah 8, the descriptions are, and, and words are distressed and hungry. They will roam the land where they are famished and they will become enraged, looking upward, will curse their king and their God. Sound a bit like our world? Where's my power? Where's the promotion? What's happening to the currency? What's happening in our world? We thought we could look here. We can't look there. We thought we could get an answer there. They don't have any answers. What's happening? And into that world comes a promise. But not a promise from a man who will fail. A promise from a God who is faithful to every word he speaks. And the promise comes Isaiah speaks the word of God, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. You're weighing down under the weight of the world and the anxieties that are pouring upon you. The design was never that it would be upon you. He came so it could be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, 
Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is a promise, a promise of no ordinary child, a promise of government and peace. How? Well, God will accomplish it with 400 years of silence. 700 years of time. Who's good with the delays and promises? I'm not. Definitely not patient enough for 700 years. I, I struggle when they, on the call center, say they'll phone me back and they don't. I'm just venting. Is that all right? We all, I'm not going to tell you who. You're quite quiet this morning. It's Christmas. You can laugh. It's okay. And, and uh, we, we navigate life and we forget that as we navigate the promises from Emmanuel, God with us. And so we get this promise, and in verse 6 of this beautiful scripture is the climax of the story, and the climax is a child. Let's just process that for a second. For unto us, a child is born. Doesn't sound like the answer to the world's problems, does it? I mean, I know you're all very sophisticated and can look after yourself, but here's the reality. A human child is the least self-sufficient birth in the world. A, a baby zebra, although it comes out looking all gangly, it can barely walk. It can walk from the start. It has to. But an, a, a human child? Human child just, I remember the first time our boy came home, we didn't know what to do with him. We got over there and he decided to have a wee. Yes, this is church. And my wife just thought, not today. She put the hand out and it was no room on this bus. All over him. We, we had to learn how to look because the reality is a human child cannot look after themselves. And God says, I'm going to send you something so weak to show you how weakness in the eyes of the world can overcome evil, brokenness, and chaos. I'm going to show you how gentleness and kindness will be weapons that will bring freedom and joy and life. I'm going to overturn the ways that you think with the promises of eternity. And it's going to come in the form of a child. God in human form and the king of eternity allows himself to be constrained to the limitations of a woman's womb for nine months. Just think about it for a second. If that's all you think about for Christmas, allow yourself to understand that the God of all eternity took the constraints of our lives and said, I want to enter into that. So I can take upon my shoulders their weight. God wants to take some weight off people's shoulders this morning. And the promise of Christmas is this. Four things and we're done. The first description of Jesus. Wonderful counselor. And we all get excited because we see the word counselor. And everyone runs off to counseling these days. And counselors are great. And I'd suggest getting good counsel. But the power in the statement is the word wonderful that we make so small. We talk about wonderful ice cream and wonderful people in that the Bible word, the Hebrew word, is a word Pele. Soccer people, just relax. Just relax. The World Cup's over now. We've got to move on. Rugby World Cup coming. But um, this Hebrew word Pele, the word wonderful, means something that only God can do. Something that is beyond human capability. Beyond human capability, counselor. Something only God can do, counselor. See, because in this room today, you don't know, but I do. I've done the funeral of people who've lost spouses, and, and the spouse who's left behind is here today. 
And I'm going, wonderful, counselor, please be with them. Because I can sit and I can encourage and I can counsel, but only the wonderful, only what God can do, counselor, can bring life and joy again. See, this time last year, there was chaos in our family. There was some chaos, and, and, and it, it, it wasn't any chaos in our marriage. It was just some chaos related to health and someone in our family, and, and there were moments where I didn't need good counsel. I didn't need someone just saying, it'll be okay. Who hates that encouragement sometimes? When things are really tough, and they go, it'll be okay. Thank you, those two hands in the front. See those hands. Thank you. I'm going to just preach to you guys. You guys know. So you know what's happening, eh? And, and it's, like, it's like you come with your worst situation, and the person says, it's fine. Like, I haven't even told you what's happening. How is it going to be fine? And, and we had the privilege in the midst of that story of the, of the leadership team sending us away just to have time as a family. And I'm standing on a sand dune in the middle of Namibia, shouting at the heavens, going, I don't need an encouraging word. I need a wonderful counselor to speak. Because doctors have spoken and people have spoken and counselors have spoken, but I need God. Maybe today you're here because you need God. Unwrap the gift of Jesus. Secondly, the promise of Jesus is mighty God. Like we saw in our video, people use the word God for a person like Messi who can dribble a ball. And he's really good at it. But he's not a mighty God. Four years ago, after a service like this, I jumped on a plane to go back to a city of Durban because my mate, one of my best friends I've known since six years old, daughter was in an accident with his wife and she was dying. And as the plane was landing, I was doing what you mustn't do. Don't do what pastors do. My phone was on and the voice message came through. Don't do that. You're not allowed to do that, people. But as the plane was landing, I got a WhatsApp from my friend. And it said, the doctor says she's not going to make it. And I'm flying up there. I just started weeping. Don't do that when a plane's landing doesn't go well for the people around you. And someone just starts weeping out loud. And I start weeping. And I couldn't help myself. I started shouting out to the almighty God. So I don't care about anyone else in the plane. I want him to hear my voice because I believe every word that he said that he can raise the dead. And he did. And he has. She was at that service last night. Says this in Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 3 the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. What are you trying to sustain, sir or ma'am? What are you trying to hold up your family? If I work really hard and I can make a really good medical aid and I can put money in the bank and I can build all these resources up, surely we'll be fine. But I want to tell you that this life is full of circumstances and situations you cannot handle and you weren't designed to sustain. But there was one who was given to you, no longer as a promise, but as a gift. He says, will you receive it today? Third and As we move forward, a description of Jesus, not a title given, but everlasting Father. And the commentators say, better to swip those words around and and have a description like Father forever. Father forever. Not a father who went to the shops one day and didn't come back. Not a father who said he'll be there and isn't never there. 
Not a father who drops the ball. Not a father who comes with big promises and delivers on a low level. Not that kind of father. A father forever, forever present, forever powerful, forever loving, forever forgiving, forever glorious. I've had the privilege of having an amazing father on this earth. But there's only one father who's ever been described as glorious. It's the Father in heaven. And Jesus says, I come to represent him. I come to show you him. I come to reveal. And as a savior, I will pour out his character upon the world. And today we remember. And today we get confronted with a gift. And lastly, Prince of Peace. Prince of peace. Peace is a scarce commodity. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In the last three weeks of this year, I did three funerals. Comes with the territory of being a pastor. Doesn't get easier. Doesn't get lighter. You don't get better at it. But I sat with one of these ladies a couple days before she passed. She just started speaking of the peace, of the knowledge of her Savior. You can't buy that, sir. No currency in the world can give that to you. No house in the Bahamas can give that to you. No promotion at work can give it to you. No words from a person of this earth, no matter who they are, can give that to you. When I sit with a lady as her body is failing, she says, I want to tell you, I've got such peace. Peace. I see people chasing peace. You know how we do it in this life? We highlight our highs and we put them on Instagram and we tell the world we're amazing. And we hide all our lows. And we think somehow in that equation, We'll get peace. I want to tell you, sir, man, no one wins the Instagram wars. No one ever wins. You can't lie to yourself and you can't lie to eternity. You can't lie in the face of death and you can't lie when the voices come and all other voices go quiet and the likes go quiet. Jesus comes. Peace, I leave with you. Peace. And so Christmas is the day we remember the birth of Jesus Christ. It's his birthday. It's the day we celebrate and we remind ourselves that Jesus came. But too many leave it there. Jesus didn't come just to be born. Highlights, end of story, end of Instagram photos. No, he said, I'm going to take the cross. I'm taking the cross and every hashtag that should be on your life. I'm going to put on the highlights reel of my life. So the lowest point of his life on this earth becomes the highest point of celebration in the story. Why? So that your lowest points can be lifted up. And he says, take it on me. Hashtag broken. Take it on me. Says this in Isaiah 53. He was a man despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering. A man familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and he was held in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain. And bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished. I don't know about you, but there's things in my life and stories in my life and thoughts in my head that I should have been punished for. Jesus said, give it to me. Stricken and afflicted. 
He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that was brought us peace was on him and his wounds. By his wounds, we are healed. His birth changed the possibilities of my life and yours. But his death changed the destination forever. It pulled us into a story in Bethlehem, a baby. The babe of Bethlehem was born who brought hope and potential of peace and joy and life to the world. But on a cross died a man who redefined who I am. It's got nothing to do with me. And I'm telling you, sir or ma'am, it's got nothing to do with you. You can put all your effort and all your energy to finding peace. You can meditate on the quietest beaches and climb the highest mountains and get money that will bring you peace. If I just get this much, you know how many people I've sat with? If I just had this much, if I just got this much, if I just got this promotion, it'll never satisfy. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can we stand this morning together? If you take nothing away from today, please hear this. The God of eternity came and lived on this earth a life that I couldn't live, a sinless, perfect life because He loved you. Because he loves you. Because his grace is enough for you. And because the things that you are trying to carry on your shoulders, you weren't made to carry. I tried to carry some things last year. I tried to carry other people's pain. I tried to carry one of my children who I couldn't help. And you very quickly come to a point of realization that you can't. You just can't. And then you've got a choice knowing what you know today. Will you leave it as a promise that's nice to know that you have? Or will you receive Jesus as the gift and unwrap the gift? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Do you need peace today, sir or ma'am? I can't give it to you. But he can. Can we close our eyes just for a second? I want to speak to those who've made decisions to worship Jesus in their life. Just for a second. Worship Jesus since I was very young. feel very privileged about that. But there's been times where I've put Jesus back in the wrapping and back under the tree. And I said, stay there for one day when I need a Prince of Peace. Stay there for one day when I need a mighty God. Stay there one, because right now it's inconvenient for me to receive this gift. If you're there today as a believer and you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus says, come, just come. Just come. I want to speak to those today. You're saying, I'm not sure why I'm here. I didn't believe this stuff. I don't need a savior. I don't need salvation. So, ma'am, I want to offer you the greatest gift 
this world's ever known. And all you have to do is receive it. All you have to do. You don't have to bring anything to the party. You just have to receive it. It's called grace. It's called power. It's called the blood of Jesus that never fails. Receive it today. I want to take a moment before we sing chorus together. If you're here today and eyes are closed and you're saying, I'm a believer, but I want to live that life. I want a life full of the Prince of Peace. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. And if you're here today and you're saying, I've never made that call, but this Jesus I need. Today, in this moment, will you lift your hands? I'd love to pray with you. I think there are many people. If you're in either of those kiddies, will you lift your hand right now? Lift your hand to Jesus, not to me. You're up at the top. You're down. There's lots of people. Will you receive the gift today? I'm not giving you the gift. Jesus has already given the gift. Come, Jesus. Pour out your life right now. To those who for the first time are receiving your life, I declare stains are off. I declare the chains are off. I declare your freedom that you promised in your word is real and alive in them today. I declare death to life. Death to life. Death to life. In believers who are coming back, running home, opening up the gift, I declare life, life and joy. And the chains off and the burdens that are upon shoulders come off. Place it on Jesus this morning. Jesus, we worship you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Thank you for life this morning. Don't don't leave Jesus wrapped, walking around thinking, I've still got that present. I can go open it one day. Walk with him. Follow him. Trust him. Believe him. Receive him. He loves you. He died for you. His grace is enough for you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to take your next step or find out what is happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. Cheers.